welcome to the weekly podcast for City Chapel at Slaughter Creek, the world's okayest church, right here in Austin. Get to know us better at citychapelchurch.com. We're so glad that you joined us today and hope you enjoy the message. You might feel the presence of God here today. Yeah. Amen. Well, um, today's Easter Sunday. And uh, we're excited about that. It's the... Give me a coffee. Oh, no, no, I'm good. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't want your coffee. I'll maybe take my own. I'm concerned about germs and stuff. But uh, if you're new to City Chapel, we welcome you. Uh, in the seat that you sat down in, there should be a card that says Connection Card. And that's a great way for us to connect with you. We have some red boxes along the wall here. Uh, at the end of service, you can um, fill that out and drop it off in the red box uh, with any kind of information that you want to give us. Um, let us know how we can pray for you. Um, let us know a way to reach out to you. If you're looking for a home church, we uh, meet here every Sunday, and uh, we'd love to have you uh, be a part of our church and worship with us every Sunday. Uh, we do usually have the back door open like that as long as weather permits, and so um, some folks like to sit outside. Hey, Varguses, how's it going? Uh, some folks like to sit out there and uh, um, yeah, we, as long as as long as it's still cool enough, to the air condition can keep up. Uh, we're gonna be we're gonna be doing that. But um, uh, but no, we'd love for uh, for you to fill that card out and um, drop it off in in the um, in the red box. We don't have any grand prize for you. We're not gonna bribe you with anything. Um, but uh, if you want to know more about City Chapel, also next week we're having a class called Next Steps. Um, it's right after service. So if you're wanting to know what your next step is at City Chapel, that's what you do. You come back next week and stick around after service. And uh, I will be teaching a class on Next Steps about who we are as a church, what we believe, and uh, where we're going. And um, I think, because there's a lot of good churches, there's a lot of churches out here and even in this area. And so uh, we want to let you know kind of what our flavor is, kind of like Baskin-Robbins, right? There's a bunch of different flavors. Uh, but we want to let you know about what our flavor is and just see if that fits with you, if that's what God's calling you to do, to join us. So uh, next step class next week after service. Meanwhile, today, man, after service, we have a number of things going on. And uh, we got, we're going to have a jumpy castle out there and some pony rides um, uh, and uh, a taco truck that's all across across the parking lot in the grass over there. Also, we have a photo booth set up over here that'll like download to your phone and you can do a bunch of different crazy stuff. So Myron, Myron's running that, but it's right over there in front of the people are worth it wall. Uh, yeah, you can, you can do that after service. And really, we just want to connect. We want you to connect with others and to hang out. I know a lot of times church gets over, people make a beeline for their car. It's like a, it's a, it's a race to see who can get to their car first and get out the parking lot. Um, I don't know. There's, there's, I don't know if it's there's like there's an Olympic sport for that, for getting out of church the fastest. But um, if there was, man, Texas would win. Uh, we, we got that down, man. It's like, all right, I did my church. Now I, I'm hungry. I need to go eat some lunch. Well, guess what? We got tacos here. So you don't need to go anywhere. We got tacos here. Um, but no, I do want to release or uh, dismiss our 12 and 13 year old kids. So if you're 12 or 13 years old, we have a special class for you. If you go out that back door right there, a special teaching, special lesson for you. So um, yeah, thanks for worshiping with us. You can go get your, your teaching that's more appropriate for your age. 
Um, yeah, that would be awesome. Let's have a time of giving right now. All of our regular members, you can give financially to the Lord by whipping out your cell phone. We don't pass buckets here. Just grab your cell phone and text any amount to 84321. And if you've never done that before, um, there, there, it'll set up a new model for you. And uh, it takes about two minutes to get it set up. Once you get it set up, it's really easy. You can also scan um, that card that's on your seat. Forgiving. So thank you to everybody that gives faithfully to City Chapel. We appreciate it, and uh, it allows us to um, keep doing what we're doing. And um, anyway, uh, so uh, also uh, we, we're, I, I do want to take up a special offering at the end of service for um, for our guest our guest speaker today. Um, just just so you know, uh, he hasn't asked me to do that. I just want to do that to bless them. Um, and uh, uh, our guest speaker, John and Jessica, have traveled here from Houston. They drove up yesterday, and so they're with us today. And um, yeah, to introduce them, I, I, I normally introduce guest speakers, but my brother, uh, Peter, he's more connected with, with John uh, through weightlifting, something that, you know, I do a lot, as you can tell. I, I'm very into it. Um, no, just kidding. This is all fake. This is all just protein drinks and... This is all fake. That's what this is. Um, this, is what, this is what I was born with. The Lord just blessed me with it. Uh, but if I can have Peter come up and introduce our guest speaker. Hey, Pete, how's it going? Hi, yeah, so my name is Peter. I'm one of the pastors here. And um, yeah, if you haven't seen the sermon where Harry does a bench press on stage, I'll just send you the clip. It's great. It's, the point, though, is amazing. Like, it turned out that it was a great sermon. So just, but anyway. Um, yeah, Harry asked if I would come introduce our guest speaker, and I have been a fan of John's for like 10 years, I guess. Like, I remember um, like when I first heard about John, I started weightlifting. I was in the Marines in New York, and a guy, um, his last name was Ray. We just called everyone by their last names in the Marines. So Ray, um, he was like, man, he was like, have you ever heard of, so like, you heard of John North? And I was like, no, I wasn't digging into weightlifting people at the time, I just kind of started. And he was like, he's like, man, you got to check this guy out. He's like, he is hype. He's like, he is like, he's like, you got, he's like, and there's a bunch of other good weightlifters with him. He's like, guys like Donnie Shankle and stuff. He's like, those guys are awesome too. He's like, but he's like, John's like the hype man. He's like, it's crazy. And so we started watching video vlogs. He called them vlogs. We used to video blogs of training sessions of John and his coach and other guys. And then we started looking up old videos because the new one wasn't out yet when we'd go to Lyft. And we'd be like, have you seen the new one? It's like, no, it's not out yet. All right, we gotta find some video. So we'd go find some old California strength videos some, and some Travis Mash videos, that sort of stuff. And like, we, we would watch those just to get hyped up. You know, then we'd listen to like Sylvester Stallone speeches or Arnold Schwarzenegger speeches. And then we'd watch John North videos, you know? And, like, and, we, were like, and we were ready to go by the time. If you've seen, that five-minute video that I put together on Facebook or even in here of some of those, the weightlifting and the yells and stuff, that's like all those videos were, was just clips of, like all training sessions of just John slamming bars and then yelling in excitement afterwards. And it was great. It was like, oh, you know, and so, so but fast forward, you know, like, and then um, I'm sure John's going to share the incident that brought him to Jesus. And that happened. I had just moved here, so, um, but yeah, so I, yeah, Harry's telling me I need to introduce him, but yeah. Anyway, so, <laughs> yeah, so I got to give John time, so, all right, but anyway, um, I, I'm, I'm really happy to be able to not only introduce a guy that I can start to get to know more now as a friend, but even more importantly, and as a motivator to me, but more importantly as a brother in Christ now, and his love for people, his love for his uh, 
guys that he trains, all of that comes through in all his videos. But now his videos are a little different. They're less like self-focused and more on Jesus and more on family and still on weightlifting. But yeah, God's done a great work in John. So if you could help me welcome John, the champ North. <laughs> Hey, gotta get that coffee. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Ah, thank you, Peter. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Right. Thank you, City Chapel, for having me, and i um, glad to be here. Sorry, let me shake off the nerves a little bit. Let me shake off the nerves and drink a little more coffee here. I'm not going to lie, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. Let's go, baby. Let's go. God is good. God is good. And Jesus is risen. And he is here with us today. You could feel it. God, I love God. I love God so much. Shoot. <laughs> I'm 30 seconds in and I'm already crying. And I've already cried three times this morning. Right when uh, we walked in, talking to everybody. This church is so awesome, by the way. What an amazing church. And we were gonna, we're going to be coming up every so often. Yeah, th right. Three, a three-hour drive is nothing. Nothing. Right? That's some Christian music in the car, some, a few cups of coffee. You're there. And we'll be watching online. Uh, my Bible does not look like Pastor Rocky's. His Bible is amazing. It's the greatest Bible I've ever seen. I, I looked at it on the table. I go, whose Bible is that? And it's just worn and tattered and just, it's been studied and journeyed upon. It's been walked upon. You know, I love that. Uh, Rocky, you have a great Bible. Mine's new. Look at this. Look how new it is. The pages are all fresh and clean. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a new Christian, so I got some work to do. But if you look closely, I want to show you guys something. Look closely at this Bible here, or any Bible. Notice it's moving. Look carefully. It's breathing. You look really carefully. This Bible is alive. It's not just a book. It's a living, breathing thing. That's what that Bible is. It's not a book. It's truly breathing. And... I love it. I love it. So, uh, it's my wife, Jessica. Jessica North. I love you so much. And I have two uh, young kiddos. My son, Lincoln, who's seven years old, and my daughter, Liv, who's four years old. Yeah. And they're the blessings of my life. And they're back in the kids' club there. Um, yes. And I need time checks too, so I'm going to try to make this like 30 minutes so we can all have some fun. Um, 
So a little bit about me. Uh, I was a professional weightlifter for about 15 years. Um, national champion, American Open champion, Arnold champion, four-time Team USA athlete. Uh, I was on the pro circuit for a decade plus um, on multiple different teams. And it was, it was quite the journey, it was quite the ride. I never thought it would ever happen uh, to me, but uh, God is good and he's always been there for me, always. And I just wanna say one more time, I love, I love you, baby. I love my wife. I just love my wife. She's always had a great relationship with God ever since a young child. So the fact that we met. So I didn't know where to start. I was in the car with my wife and we're like, well, where do I start on this journey? It's like, man, it's a tough play. It's a tough thing. I mean, all of you guys, right? You know, you guys, you have your journey of meeting God and building a relationship with God and then getting saved, right? And if you haven't been saved yet, I pray you, you do soon. Today. Right. Accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior because he died and then rose for us, for our sin. You know, and going back to the Bible, this thing right here, God wrote this personally for you. Personally. He wrote it. He breathed. He breathed the word into this book and said, here you go. Here you go. Personally, to you. It's not just a book you buy at Barnes and Noble. It's not like God saying like, yeah, you can, you can look at it if you want. No, God's saying, hey, I wrote this for you. Every word in this Bible is breathed by God for you. So if you're a Christian, amen. And if you're not, let's get saved, baby. Because I'll tell you right now, it's the best thing I've ever done in my life back in 2016, when I took my sword that was dull, it was a dull sword. It was such a weak sword. It was a sword of flesh, you know? It was a sword of the world. It was a worldly sword. It was a self-made sword. It was a me sword. And then I finally laid the world sword down as I hit the ground at Jesus' feet. And he gave me his sword. And so now I have his sword in my hand. Right here, this sword right here. This sword right here. This is the sword. The sword of God. That's the sword that we need. Not the world sword. A sharp sword. Come on. Come on. And when the world attacks us and the demons are around every corner and they try to separate us from God, guess what? We have the sword. Let's go. Let's go. Happy Sunday, everybody. Man. Okay, I'm rambling. I got to get to my timeline here. Okay, about me. I know that's the weightlifting background. It's all, you know, sometimes I look at my medals like golden calves, right? You know, the Old Testament where they worship the golden calves. I look at them now and I go, gosh, I really used to love those medals. It's almost like I used to worship those gold medals and my plaques and my trophies and my USA teams and all that. You know what I mean? 
Like, you know, the Olympians bite the medal. I'm not saying that's bad. But, you know, it's, it's before Jesus, I, I loved those medals. Now I'll burn them. I'll burn them. They mean almost nothing to me. The best thing about those medals is it brought me to you. Come on. Let's go. It brought me to Rocky, Peter, Harry. We were in some good Genesis talk last night at dinner, by the way. Oof. We were pulling some layers back. It was great. It, it brought me my following of, of people that I've now turned a 180 on. You know, 50,000 Instagram followers. My podcast has, uh, has had 4 million views. 30,000 subscribers, YouTube, all this, blah, 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 Twitter, Facebook. I got five Facebook accounts because I didn't, back in the day, I didn't want to do a fan page. So I just kept making new personal Facebook pages. And I'm not being prideful here. My point is, is that it's like God gathered all of these people through what Peter was saying through these videos. And then I flipped a 180 on them. I said, now we're going to talk about God. Now we're going to talk about Jesus. And now we're going to get people saved for eternal life because this is just a hotel. This is not our home. Our home is heaven. Our home is heaven. Our home is heaven. This, this, this I don't mean to get down on a Sunday here. Think about this. We're lucky to reach 90 and then half the time we're sleeping. We're not here long. Every day is a blessing. Every day is, um, is so good. Because God is good and God is merciful. He is. I'm doing a podcast with my, my, my athlete, Brian Knight. I'm a full-time weightlifting coach now. I retired from being a pro athlete about three years ago. He's an athlete of mine, Brian Knight, out of San Antonio, Texas. And he's also a pastor. We decided that we're going to read the Bible cover to cover. From, first, from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21. We started in April 11th of last year. We made it. We're in 2 Kings, so we're making some progress. We're making progress. It's going to take a few more years, but we wake up, we go live, we read a chapter, we talk about it, we pray, we study, and then the next morning we do it again for the next chapter. Those well, 2 Kings is not bad, a little over a year. Man, I hear some people say, you know, God of the Old Testament, you know, he's the raft of God. All I see is love and mercy. Every single chapter, even of the Old Testament war days, all I see in ink is love and mercy. That's all I see. Just forgiveness, love, conquering evil. It's amazing. All right, babe, I'm way off track. I am way, let me get to my timeline here. My wife made this for me, so... I have bad ADD, so I have this here. Yeah, amen to that. Oh, oh, the start. Okay, the start. <laughs> I'm still on the start. I promise, I promise. Okay. So I was like, where do I start? And I'm like, here's where I start. I, when I was really mad at God back when I was a, I was a really troubled kid, I was addicted to drugs. I was a, a, a beyond an alcoholic. Crystal meth was my drug. Um, multiple different assault charges. I was in and out of jail, ran away from home. Uh, I was a very troubled kid. 
and I would always get, when I got really mad, guess what I got mad at? Now, remember, I got saved in 2016, okay? But guess who I got mad at? God, that's interesting. And looking back, it's like, hmm, I was really mad at God. It's almost a good thing because I was acknowledging him. And then when I was really happy, I was like, thank you, God. Yes. I love you, God. And, but that was all my, that was my relationship. I, I didn't know God. And if you, but if you looked at me and said, John, did you believe in God? I would have said, I don't know. I was so lukewarm. It's like a lukewarm hot tub. And looking bad, of course, I get mad at myself because I wish I got saved when I was like seven. But that's just not how life works. It's the journey of life. It's a tough thing. Don't forget the devil has the deed to the world. Don't forget that. So I realized throughout my journey, though, I had this feeling God has always been there with me, just like he is with you. You know what I mean? And so that was kind of like the start of me, you know, in my life. Um, You know, I was one of these kids that I was athletic. I played football. It it matters where you catch me back then, throughout middle school and high school. You could either catch me in a crack house or you can catch me at the the football pizza party. You know, you can find me at 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 two in the morning at a bad place. Or you could find me with my family at the fair. And what I mean by that, I had this weird tug of war where God was saying, come to me, but the devil was saying, no, come to me. Right? The world was trying to constantly rip me away from God. But I always felt God's presence because presence, I, I always feel like I had good in my life. I was somehow being direct, directed. And I think maybe in your guys' journey, you maybe feel that way sometimes too. You know, God's saying, come with me. But all of a sudden you blink and you're in the wrong place. But God is so merciful. He forgives. Jesus forgives. You know, you, you, you read, um, especially in the Old Testament, just how many people turn their back to God and his heart gets broken. You just want to hug God. When, when, I, when I get to heaven, I'm going to hug God. I'm just going to walk up to God. I'm going to give him a hug. I'm going to say I love you. And Jesus, both of them at the same time. You know, that's what I mean. God, Jesus, you know. Group hug. And then I'm going to say, I want where, you know, where's Moses? Where's King David? Where's Adam? Where's Eve? Where's Deborah? The ladies in here. Deborah, the mighty warrior. JL even with the tent stake. Woo. Anna, Ruth, my next tattoo is Ruth 116. Naomi, why 116? Ruth, so I have Genesis 1-1, Numbers 13-30, and then the next tattoo is Ruth. As I'm going in the journey, my right arm is basically going to be entire Old Testament, and then my left arm is going to be New Testament. It's going to come together, baby. Amen.
Amen. I got scripture. I'm going to have it all over. I said, ink the whole Bible on me. These are only my first two. And I got, look at, I'm bringing this back. What would Jesus do? Right here. What would Jesus do? Oh boy, babe. I'm way off here. Time. Oh, Ruth, real quick though. Because I feel like I was Ruth in my life before I got saved. Remember that? Her husband, by the way, Ruth was a Gentile. Her husband, an Israelite, right? A Jewish man. And he died. And she comes from, Ruth came from a non-believing, godless city, worshiping golden calves, lowercase g's, drugs, sex, rocks, rock and roll. And then, but she was with Naomi, her husband's mom, right? Help me here. And, well, when Ruth's husband died, they were, they, God paints this beautiful picture of them kind of like in the desert, like at a crossroad. Like they're way out somewhere. You don't even really know where they are. They're on some journey. And then Naomi looks at Ruth and says, you know, I, I gotta, I'm going back to Israel. I'm going back home. I got to go. God bless Ruth. We'll see you. And what does Ruth do? Ruth says, wait, wait, Naomi. Ruth 1.16. Your land is my land. Your people are my people. Your God is my God. And Ruth went with Naomi. And she went to Israel and didn't go back to the world. And I, and I love Ruth. That's why Ruth will be my next tattoo. I love that because I feel like we've all been Ruth. Which way do I go? Do I turn to the world or do I walk with God? Do I give my life to Jesus? Amen to Ruth, baby. I can't wait to see her. I'll have a cup of coffee with Ruth up in heaven. So, I, you know, I, I live my life in room two class, math class, and all my classes were in one room. I was that kid at the end of the hallway. Hey, John, where's your history class? Room two? Where's that? Don't worry about it, man. <laughs> hey, where's English class? Room two. Where the heck is this room two, John? It's, you know, it's like, it's where the special kids go. You know, guys, leave me alone. You know? I mean, I could play football. You know what I mean? I could put my head down, and when they gave me the rock, I ran. Go to the end zone, John. Okay. But when it came to schoolwork, I really struggled. They were popping me with Ritalin like crazy. I got rid of that. Yeah, praise God to that. You're not medicating me anymore. Because I got the Bible. So I struggled there. And uh, let, me re let me get to the story a little quicker here. One day I was in a crack house. And I was pulling a three-dayer. Okay, you're up. I was up for like three nights. And I'm sitting there. And I didn't know what I was doing with my life. This was after high school. I was totally lost. And somebody put in a DVD, Pumping Iron, with Arnold Schwarzenegger. 
Yeah, a documentary, 1977. Arnold Schwarzenegger. At Arnold's prime of body, but Venice Beach, California, the Arnold days. And I watched it and I said, I want to do that. And I feel like God was just working. He was working with me saying, I'm going to give you a barbell. Right? And, and no matter what it is, everybody in here has something. It, whatever your passion is or your talent, mine was just a barbell, John. I'm not going to give you a math book, God said. <laughs> I'm not going to give you a science book. You're not really going to graduate college, son. I love you. You know what I mean? You're not going to be an accountant. <laughs> My best friend's an accountant, by the way. Yeah, my Jewish friend, Pookie. I call him Pookie, Nathan Absel. He's an accountant. I still don't know what he does. But opposites attract, right? Me, my best friend in the whole world is Pookie. And uh, we could not be any more opposite. Like me and my wife, Jessica, we're so opposite in every way. But we balance each other. 50-50, right? And so he goes, I'm going to give you a barbell, and I want you to lift this thing up and down. And I'm also, I know the Holy Spirit's not inside you yet because you're not saved, but I'm just going to like have, I'm, I'm going to direct you to slam bars and yell shankle and go crazy on stage like Peter was talking about, because we're going to bring a following to you. And I didn't understand it. So long story short, I got out of that crack house. I took that meth pipe. I smashed it. I smashed it, never looked back. Goodbye. The chains have been freed. Amen. God is good. God is good. And so, uh, when, you know, met my wife in painting class in junior college. And, uh, you know, that was the great day of my life. She was in the front row. She was taking the summer painting class because she wanted to. I was in the back with my boys because we had to in order to play football next year. <laughs> they all left. I stayed because I was love at first sight with my wife. They go, North, let's get out of here, man. Let's go. Let's go. And I was like, hey, brothers, my guys, I'm staying. <laughs> I love this woman. I just met her, you know, later now we're married with two kids and we're trying for our third, God willing. God willing. God willing. I'll take eight, nine. I'm just, no, I'm just kidding. And then really God came into my life because of my wife, my light. And her relationship with God has been so great. And uh, he was working on me all the time through her, you know, and my wife. She just, she's amazing. And so why... You know, I'm so undeserving of his mercy. And we really all are. It's like, God loves us. Why? Man, we are so blessed to be loved by God. And if you think, oh, but I'm a sinner, we all are. Oh, the church, they could be hypocrites. Yeah. Oh, they, you know, we are sinners, but we fight every day especially on those premeditated sins. We fight every day to, to not do those. The quick accidental road rage ones, oh Lord, I'm sorry. But those ones that we really fight with, 
We got to keep the armor on, the sword up, right? We got to fight. It's not easy. But let me tell you something. The narrow path is the best path. The narrow path is by far the best path. You can have the wide path. I live the wide path. The only thing that happened was destruction. Let me get to that, actually. So then I got into weightlifting. God gave me a talent. Wasn't me. But try telling that to myself back then. I started training. I won't go into the whole weightlifting thing, but I train hard. Me and my wife, we put everything into it. And fast forward when I became pro, I was winning gold medals. I was traveling the world. I was doing camps. I was doing seminars. I was competing for Team USA. I was making a ton of money. And let me tell you something right now. I was the most prideful dude you've ever met. I was so self-made. Meek Mill. Listen to Meek Mill. I'm self-made. It's me. It's me. I'm the champ. John North, the champ. Like, I would walk into weightlifting meets like Muhammad Ali. I'd say, the champ is here. Thank God for this. And, you know, I could admit it now. You know, it's like you got to have that self-reflection in your life. When you're brushing your teeth at night, have that self-reflection. Open up some of those past closet doors. Get in there with your skeletons and let God be the counselor. Stop keeping those skeletons locked in the closet. They're banging to get out. You can't keep them there forever. Unlock the closet. Get in there. Let's have it. Let's have a sit down. Jesus is here to help. But I was so self-made. I was prideful. I mean, I don't want to paint myself like I was like a bad guy. But I let everything get to me. The money got to me. The devil was working. The world was working. I was very worldly. I was Egypt. I was the second pharaoh. You know what I mean? First pharaoh was good. Second pharaoh was bad. Right? Right, Doug? First Pharaoh, nice, nice to uh, Joseph. Joseph and brought everybody in and just, ah, love the first Pharaoh. Second Pharaoh. <clears throat> so that's just who I was. And um, it's almost like I was my own God, you know? And then what happened? Me and my wife start fighting, you know, we start getting pulled apart, I start drinking, you know, pain pills, traveling, prideful, and it just got to my head, and it was destruction. I was, at the top of my career, I was the most depressed. At the top of my career, I was suicidal, I'm telling you, at the top of my career, I was so unhappy and I was miserable. So be careful what you watch on TV and what you hear in songs. You know what I mean? Be careful with the world because I was nothing but just a mess. I was a mess. It doesn't matter how much money was coming in, photo shoots, seminars, camps. It doesn't matter. The more that came in, the more prideful I was, the more my life was just destruction. It was so bad, guys. I was a mess. I treated people bad toward the end. 
And um, I just have a lot of regrets. You know, I ask for forgiveness all the time. And, and I know, Doug, um, Harry, Peter, correct me if I'm wrong. I know maybe I only have to ask for forgiveness once. But I find myself asking for forgiveness all the time. And I do have to be careful with that because I have to celebrate God's glory. Right? But there are days where I just want to hit to my knees and cry. But John, you've been saved. You're okay. He forgives. I know, but I still want to. I still want to say sorry. I do. All right, let me look at my timeline here. Peter, time check. How much time do we got? We, okay. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Okay, all right, we're moving. We're moving. So, so... So the, the, the following, though, the Instagram, the Twitter, the Facebook, all this, the podcast, YouTube videos, like, you know, God was so working. And, and here's what it is. I don't get it, John. God's work, what do you mean? So, like, he's working, but he, but you, what, what, it's okay. He's gathering all these people up in your life. Great. God has a plan, but I don't get it. He wants you to be prideful, and he wants you to you know, be self-made and have these antics and stuff and drink and do all this kind of stuff. Okay, here, here's the thing. There's free will. There's God's plan. I don't get it, John. I've always struggled with this. Free will. We have free will, a great gift from God. One of the best gifts. And we also have God's plan. What's the answer? You ready for this? The answer is yes. Amen. The answer is yes. The answer is both. Well, I don't understand. Well, I don't think our human brains are supposed to. <laughs> We're only human. Right? Read Revelation. There's a lot we, you know, there's a lot going on in the afterlife that we don't necessarily have all the answers to. What are we seeing in the skies? All the aliens? Oh, I don't know. Something's up there. So I think my free will was taking over, and God the whole time was just trying to direct me in his plan, right? You know, it wasn't in God's plan for King David to see the woman on the bathtub on the roof. But God had a plan for King David. You know what I mean? Was Moses supposed to go? Was, was Moses, uh, you know, supposed to cross into the mil land of milk and honey? Uh, no. But maybe because his free will didn't get him there. God is out of time. Don't forget that. So, um, so that's what happened. God was constantly working in my life, and I just didn't realize it. Looking back, you see it so clear when you're like, oh my gosh, wow, God was there the whole time. That one car accident you might have got into, you're like, how did I walk away from that? God. That one pay raise at work, God. You know, your children, God. Children are such a blessing by God. You know? So we moved to Portland, Oregon. And uh, it's, it's been a long journey, and, 
you know, I'm, I'm maturing at this point. You know, I'm getting older. I'm, you know, one foot into retirement as an athlete. Young bucks are kicking my tail. I'm more coaching now as a coaching role. And I, I, I'm, I'm getting older. I'm maturing. I'm figuring out life a little more. And uh, we moved to Portland, Oregon. And we go to this church, Athey Creek. And my pastor, Brett Metter, right off the bat, he, uh, you know, pretty big church. He, just, he goes cover to cover through the Bible. And um, he, was, he introduced me to the Bible. He introduced me to God's Word. And, um, you know, it takes him about 15 years to go cover to cover. And we started going there in uh, uh, 2015. And uh, he's one book away from New Testament. So it's been a while. So it's amazing, though. Uh, of course, he jumps to new, and we study, and of course, but, you know, he, he doesn't miss one word. He goes all the way through. And uh, when the first few times I went to Athe, I, was, I just started to build a relationship with God through the Bible. And I started reading on my own and reading with my wife and listening to Pastor Brett. And I started falling in love with God's Word. And it was really the Bible that changed, it was, it was just changed my life. And the more I read of God's word, the more I understood me, the more I understood God. And, um, it was life changing for me. Great. You know, it was, um, so I started going to Athey and I told my wife, before I get saved, I have, to, I have to show God that I can be good. And my wife's like, babe, that's not how it is. That's not how it is. She's, you know, you, you got to get saved because we all fall short, right? We're not perfect. We're sinners. Like, we need Jesus. We can't do it without him. But I was like, no, babe, I got this. Of course, I fell on my face a million different times. So I finally got saved. And I laid my sword down. I was in tears. I accepted Jesus Christ, and that day completely changed my life. I was no longer prideful. I was no longer self-made. All glory to God with everything. Everything. You know, I love, I love God so much. And um, two weeks later, I was at the Portland Zoo. Okay, this was in 2016. And I was looking at the elephants with my wife and my son. My daughter wasn't born yet, and I died. Supposedly, I told my wife I have to go to the restroom. Supposedly, I turned around, and then I sat down like this, and then I laid back, and I died. Heart stopped. I was dead for 16 minutes. And my wife's screaming, crying, people are gathering, the medics of the zoo run down. I was completely dead. I wasn't passed out. It's not like I was in the middle of having a heart attack. I was stone cold dead, purple, everything. Uh, they did, did my pulse. They kept shocking me, shocking me, shocking me, and I was dead. Ambulance pulls into the Portland Zoo picks me up. They're shocking me, checking my pulse. He's dead. This man has died. I got saved two weeks before. 
I accepted Jesus two weeks before. And now I'm dead? Now, let me tell you something during this 16 minutes. And this might get a little weird for you. You can take it or leave it. But I had a full conversation with a golden angel. I don't know if it was an angel. I'm just assuming. But I knew I was dead. And I could see myself looking at the golden angel, having a full conversation. The golden angel had its back turned against me. It was a gold that I've never seen before. A sparkly type color of gold that almost draped over the angel like water. And it looked almost military-esque, like a military angel, right? Bright gold. And I remember the conversation was intense. I remember it was an emotional, intense conversation. All around the angel was black. It wasn't like there was fluffy clouds or anything, so I don't know where I was. But I had a full-on conversation with, with an angel. I don't know, somebody. Now, I always say, I don't know if I was begging to go back. One more shot. Because at the time, I was... It, I was doing something at the time, a lot of things, just that I needed a life correction, even after getting saved. So it's either I was begging to go back, or God was like, I'm going to correct your life path. What you're doing right now, you need to stop, and you need to do something different. And then as they were pulling me off the ambulance into the Portland hospital, I woke. I had a 2% chance of coming back to life. I am one at a very few percentage of people in the world that have come back after 16 minutes of death. And right when I woke up, I started yelling at the very top of my lungs, I saw God. I said, I saw God, I saw God, I saw God, I saw God, I saw God. I was trying to tell everybody about it. I was looking at the doctor, the nurses. I was saying, I spoke to God. I don't think it was God, maybe, but that's what I was saying at the time. You know, and my, my poor wife, when they put me in the ambulance to take me to the hospital, I was dead. My wife had to then walk to the parking lot to meet me at the hospital. So she's driving to the hospital, and I'm, I'm dead. So, it's, you know, so I always like to say that God killed me to save me. He killed me to redirect me. He said, I'm going to get you off this path that you're on and redirect you onto a new path. And I'm going to freaking knock you out at the Portland Zoo. <laughs> he was just like, bam. Come up. I need to talk to you for a sec. Meet my angel, you know. Meet my war angel who's going to put some armor on you and get you a new sword. I heard you just got, not I heard, I know you just got saved two weeks ago. You know, or it's one of those things. Am I here right now because I got saved two weeks before like maybe I barely maybe I barely I got lucky with my with my getting saved I, I, I don't know I don't have the answers on that but get saved if you haven't been get saved get saved and you can say but John why did you want to come back so much you got saved two weeks before you accepted Jesus you were going to heaven yeah but I wanted more time with my wife and kids 
Maybe I'm supposed to be speaking now and, you know, all that kind of good stuff. Doing the Bible study podcast that we're doing. You know, we're coming out with a Bible clothing line called Cover to Cover. You know, the first shirt is uh, David and Goliath. It's kind of a graphic shirt, but... So that my daughter was born uh, with a heart disease, and uh, this was a year later, and uh, she wasn't going to make it at birth. Um, The left side of her heart is completely deformed, and they said to us, you know, your daughter is most likely not going to make it. Uh, She made it. She's doing great right now. She's four years old, and we just had nothing but faith in God, and you know... God came through for my daughter, Liv, and now she's healthy, and the left side of her heart is now pumping. And ask any doctor from Portland to Seattle to the Houston doctors, every one of them will say, we don't get it. They say, we don't get it. Heart transplant was 100% now. She doesn't need one. They said, we've never seen the left side start to beat. I mean, the left side of the heart is completely deformed, but it's going like this now. And they're going, how is that possible? God. Jesus Christ. He has risen today. Amen to that. And, and now here we are. Um, so, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. I love you guys. Thank you. God is good. Thank you guys. give just a moment. I would definitely want to pray over John and Jessica here. Thanks for sharing your, your story. Did a great job. Uh, no reason to be nervous. Um, but, um, but I also want to give you an opportunity to respond to what John is saying. Uh, I was talking to, we were talking to John last night and, and I asked him, I said, like, what was the thing that kind of made you decide, as he said, to lay down his sword and pick up God's sword? Like, because it sounded like for several years he had been sort of in and out, trying to follow God, struggling, trying, struggling. And um, I said, you know, one, I know several people just like that. <laughs> and, um, and, and they come to church on Easter. Um, they come to church periodically and because they feel bad and they want to do better. And, um, but it, they can't seem to make it stick, you know. It's like... They keep faltering. And John's such a driven person, you know, to get that dumbbell. He acts like it's nothing, but I tried dumbbells once. And then it got warm in the garage, and I gave up. I was like, man, it's hot out here. Good Lord, who's, what, what, what am I doing? I'm not Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, you know, so he's driven, you know, and he's like, man, I'm going to do this. And he's, he's a really driven guy. And I'm like, but it takes more than that. Titus 2.11 says, Now the grace of God, (laughs) now the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. That's interesting, because some people, I think they haven't even seen the grace of God, but apparently, according to Titus, they have. The grace of God has appeared to all men, and this is what it does. It teaches us. It's funny, you think grace would do something, but no, grace is a teacher. It's an instructor. 
uh, in, in, it's the classroom of grace. All, everyone's in the classroom of grace. Grace has appeared to all men, and it's teaching everyone that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live righteously, soberly, and godly in this present age. That's an interesting lesson for grace to teach. And even as John was talking, you know, I'm like, man, all of John's life, grace has been telling him, you need to turn away from unrighteousness. You need to turn to, to righteousness. You need to turn away from drugs. You need to turn to God. That's what grace does. Grace teaches us what we should not do and what we should do. Which, which is such a weird thing for me, for grace to teach, because you think of grace as being a warm, gushy, fuzzy feeling. But no, grace first teaches us. And then grace is not just a teacher, but it's also an, emp- an enabler, an empowerer. So you can listen to grace's message all your life about what you should and shouldn't do and try your best on your own strength to do it. It's not until you submit to grace... It's not until you yield to grace and say, okay, I can't do this. I need you to do this through me. I need you to empower me. So simply to listen to the lesson of grace, everyone's doing that. Some people are getting really mad at grace and, you know, throwing the pencils at him and walking out. But grace continues to teach. But he's not just a teacher. He's also an enabler. He's an empowerer. Paul said about the grace of God, he said that Jesus told him, my grace is enough for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. He God equated his grace with his strength. It's not just a teacher, it's also an enabler. It's an empowerer. So I just want to give you an opportunity today not to uh, join a church or, or, or get a card, <laughs> membership card. We're not going to teach you any secret handshake. I just want to give you an opportunity to receive, to submit to the grace of God that has appeared to all, all people. And it's, and it's simple. Romans tells us that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, not that he is Savior, but that he is Lord. Lord is boss. Lord is in charge. Sovereign. If we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will be sozo, saved, delivered, healed from this pandemic that's much worse than COVID-19, this pandemic of sin that's inside of our hearts, will be delivered from that. And so you merely have to say, Jesus Christ is my Lord. He is my God. He is my boss. He is in charge of my life. And I believe that God has raised him from the dead. So would you just uh, pray with me? Uh, You don't have to pray these exact words, but if this is you, if you want to receive the grace of God, just, just simply, in your own words, acknowledge, I am making Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. I am submitting to him. I'm coming under him, under his rule, under his reign, under his authority. I am submitting my life. I'm not going to try to be good enough for him. No, I am just submitting to him. confess that Jesus Christ is my Lord and I believe in my heart that God has raised him from the dead, that he is alive and that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ask or think, that he is able to work his grace inside of me and his grace can be a teacher but it can also be a coach, it can also be the one that comes alongside me and says no this is how you do it, don't lift there, lift here don't push on that push over here don't don't worry about that worry about this 
right? Don't, don't focus on that, focus on this. That's what, that's what a good coach does. He comes alongside you and he, and he grabs the bars for you. <laughs> when you hit the sticking point and you can't lift it anymore, he says, okay, hold on. I don't wanna, I'm not ever gonna put anything on you that's gonna crush you. My yoke is easy and my burden is well-fitting. And I'll lift where you can't lift. And I'll fill in all of the gaps. And I'll teach you what you need to know. You don't have to carry yourself. I will carry you. And so, Father, we receive your grace today. We've been hearing the lessons all of our life, but we receive your grace today. Thank you for what you've done for us.